Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. Beautiful music on 657 AM. This is how Uram uh, Vain and Rousseau says goodbye to us together with Janine um, this morning, leaving us w- with the sounds of Ngobia Gombata featuring Janine Prize and the song Help Me Know Jesus. Nisandes, bring me closer, bring me closer to the Lord. Um, I missed, I heard today's leaky, Dineva leaky. I get that but I missed, I couldn't finish the, the whole, because I had to come out now, come into the building. But so now I'm confused uh, to say, which one do I love most? I know today's leaky was a uh, praise easy weapon. Uh, now, I guess, which one do I love the most? Is it this one or is it... The other one last time uh, is it the, the in the previous two weeks where we had a nivi nivi niliki and we were saying kegnadi year we were looking upon the Lord who is the author and the finisher of our faith and so um, I'm now confused to say which one which one but hey God is so good may God bless everything that Umvain and Rousseau and Janine are doing henceforth and uh, yeah talking about knowing God more talking about drawing closer to the Lord. I am talking at this current moment in time to Apostle INC Tole. I call him Dad. How are you, Dad? <laughs> I'm great. I'm good. I only wish everybody can call me Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Who come Dad? Because of one simple thing. Uh-huh. The, 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 the title does not make me. Uh-huh. The title never makes me. I am who I am. The title is in my life because of who I am. Yeah. And if wow. I'm not careful, title can title can move you away from God. Mm-hmm. Title can make it be too pompous. Mm-hmm. And also, title's one of the dangerous things today because the danger of a title is when a person puts himself in the office he does not belong to. Mm-hmm where he's doing the work of God and God does not protect him in mm. office because he was not sent by God in the office. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. For me, for me to be called a dead, but I function in the, the apostolic office, I'm happy. Apo- it, <laughs> yes. It, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is the function that is more important than the title. Mm, it's the function. So, you function as dead more than apostle. I function in the apostolic office, but to people, I am a father. Mm. So I don't, I don't lose the touch of being a father because of the office. Because the office can make you to lose, to lose the, the to lose a title of a father or to lose uh, uh, that thing that makes you father. Because of the echo. Sure, we are taking a journey with you, and uh, we 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 have seen God walk with you in the ministry. We have seen God walk with you through the years. Um, you started out in ministry. Some of us were not even born by then when you started the ministry. Can you take us through the journey? There are new pastors today. There are those that God is calling into the ministry. How did it come about for you? Where did you begin? Well. Um if I'm honest, Bongile, uh, the first thing I will say, 
I was minding my own business. <laughs> I come from a family where my uncle was a, a Zionist bishop. Right, right. And uh, this man, it was me and one of my brothers. Hmm. When this this uncle of mine, a man of God, gave me a prophecy hmm. between both of us, but he focused on me concerning the call of God in my life, yeah. which I uh, Still young, I never understood that. Yeah. I remember at the age of 12, mm. he, he commanded me to take a fast for three days. Hmm. It was a Thursday, it was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday between the Friday evening and the morning of the Saturday, he took me to a river for baptism. Hmm. And the baptism, it's funny, it was not just a baptism of me receiving Christ. It was a baptism of changing my name. Sure. It was a baptism of changing my future. And also a baptism of ushering me into my calling. Yeah. All of these things. And you're only 12 at this moment. 12. Mm. 12. At the age of, um, I think at the age of 1970 to 70, at the age of 20, Mm. that's when Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Yes. So between I, between uh, the time you were 12 and 20, what were you doing around that time? I was just like any other boy, mm. doing whatever other boys were doing. Mm. I never even attended church. <laughs> After you were I, baptized I, and changed your name. I, I, yes. And I didn't, I didn't even went to my uncle's church because they were Zionists. And so we were very embarrassed. As young people, you know, to go uh, to be to, seen uh, in that space, yeah, that, that, exactly. Sure. Then you got saved at the age of twenty. At yes. that time, did God speak to you, or I'll be I'll be telling lies if I could say God spoke to me. Mm. All I know, I got saved, and I thank God, and I had uh, brothers that we saved together. One was ahead of us. Uh, his name was Jimmy Gianni, one of the greatest evangelists of the uh, 80s, you know, mm. who passed on about two, three years ago. And a friend of mine and a brother who is now the bishop of, of, of um, HCI, African Gospel uh, International. Mm. Mm. life is still... During the work, we were a good team, hmm. and so we went on preaching the gospel, doing what we are supposed to be doing as young people, on fire for the Lord. Hmm. And until until within that church, there were some squabbles, as you know that some of the churches we go through some squabbles, we go through some division where we uh, the church splits and. Uh, my very same uncle, he advised me not to be found in that squabble. Mm. He says, I'm, look for a place where I can go and hide so that I can not die spiritually, hmm. which I went and I joined the uh, Wesleyan, Emmanuel Wesleyan Church. Mm. And they kept me and I was just on fire. The funny thing, that church, it was... Um, it was an evangelical church that believed in tongues. Mm. And uh, I, I grew there, 
1976, mm. as a young man, I was chosen to go to Fosloras. There was a newly built church, mm. and there was no pastor there. They trusted me with no Bible school education mm. or training. I went to them, and I became a young pastor. Actually, I was not even called a pastor mm. because I was even ordained to be a pastor. I was one of the preachers mm. or one of the ministers. Mm. And it went on 1976. Mm. The funny thing, 76-7, when I got there, the first membership I had was about 10 people. Mm. The following year, 1977, I had over 300 people. Mm. And that caused serious problems because he is a young man. He has no Bible school background. Yeah. And here is a person who is now pulling a great number of people when the other churches have less than the numbers that I had. Hmm. The only thing that I can tell you that helped me, I got hold of a book written by Oral Robert hmm. about the Holy Spirit. And that book taught me how to hear from the Holy Spirit. That book taught me to understand the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And that is the book that has helped me to be able to sustain the church. Hmm. I remember there was a year when they invited someone from the United States to come and speak about the issue of speaking in tongues, meaning uh, he was just going to be against the issue of tongues. And I put the church for, for a fast for a week. When the guy came, and he opened Acts chapter 2. He read Acts chapter 2. And after reading it, he, he began to cry. When he began to cry, I don't know what happened. Everything just went through. People were just speaking tongues everywhere. Hmm. That, no. gentleman, yes. that gentleman took his Bible. They walk out. They were gone. Yo. Now, when... When you knew, how did you know <laughs> that now Manji, I Manji Izo, God has called me? <laughs> how did that come about? How did it happen um, for you to know at the end of it all that no, I am called and I have to be in ministry and become a pastor now? I just want to be honest. In our days, see, we were not, we were just young people who were full of fire, loving mm -hmm. God, want to preach. The, the issue of a calling, it was not very important to us. What because you were already called. You were already called and doing it. Yeah. That, the calling was in me, but it was not a priority. The priority was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I, after that, yeah. uh, I, I, went through, uh, I went through hell. I went through hell. That took me also, it took, took me through a very painful situation when my wife, first wife, left me because she wanted to have her own home because we used to stay in a mission house. Hmm. And at that time, I did not have money. And I remember I was earning 
nine rents, nine to where I was working a week. Hmm. And the church used to give me only 50 rents a month. month. So money was not a problem. Mm -hmm. But I went through that divorce. I had broke loose. And when I went through divorce, in our times when you divorce, Mm. you you, you were a a, 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 A big slider. You not no no you were worse than 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 a prostitute. Yeah. And uh, you could you could not go to any black church because when you go you sit. The next thing, all the other seats next to you, they are empty. People are gone mm. because you had leprosy. Nobody should sit next to you. That exactly. And I start fellowshipping with the white churches. And while I was fellowshipping with the white churches and. Um, on the other side, if I'm honest with you, uh, there was a very strong voice that said, this thing does not work for me. Let me go back to the world and yeah. enjoy my And by the grace of God, there was a man uh, in Pimble, mm. uh Pastor Robert Strachayo. Mm. That man, he is a man that God has used to, for me to be where I am today because if he never came to rescue me. I don't know where will I be. That mm. man come and begged me for three months, me refusing. He asked me to come and pastor his church because he believed that he's an evangelist. And I did not want to. Mm. I did not want to do anything with pastoring. Mm. But after three months, I, I had to say to this man, you know, I'm fed up. You are just making, you are just, you are a nuisance. Then I went to pastor his church. My pastor's church in the classroom, within six months, we had to get the, the school hall yeah. in Pimble. Mm. Things were just happening. And after that also, when the church grew, uh, there was a conflict between him and me, and I didn't even understand what the conflict was all about. Then I was out mm. back to school. When I was out back to school, I thank God that he has already ignited the fire of God in me. Yeah. And the next thing I remember... So could it be that he came to just ignite the fire of God in you again? Yeah. Wow. And so by that time then I remember, uh, as I've, I've mentioned, that there was a squabble within HEC. I remember there was my spiritual mother, whom my spiritual father died, H.H. Ndaba, the founder of HEC. Mm-hmm. I came to Dayton to help her. I didn't come to Dayton to start the church. If I'm honest with you, I don't even remember God telling me to start the church. <laughs> but yet you did <laughs> start a church. Well, all I did, I started preaching the gospel, helping him, I helped him. Also, the problem arose. I left the church. Yeah. And when I church, back to Soweto, then the people who were my children in the Lord. They are the people who came forcing me to start the church in Davidson. It was not me. <laughs> I, never, I never heard from the Lord. Sure. That's how, that's how Oasis of Life started. started. But you've always had the, you were eager to just bring forth the, or to minister the word of God to God's people. Most of us older ministers the key, it was to minister the gospel to the people. Yeah. Number one, you were taking money out of your pocket. Mm. I remember 
but I used to travel. I used to travel from Fort Loras to Tembisa mm. to start church. Mm. Used to go to Duduza to mm. do revival. Mm. I used to go to Natal Strait. Mm. I used to go. I used to come to Davidson and and preach the gospel. I used to go to Durban and mm. preach. Out of my pocket, there was no church that was helping me. There was no one that was helping me financially. It but was I your was, love for God's people, your love I, for God as well. I, I, I had nothing in my mind concerning church paying me. I had nothing in my mind seeing myself driving a big car, nice car, staying in in beautiful houses. In my mind, there was none of those things. So you just didn't want to see people going to hell. And it was in you to make sure that you preach the gospel. What are some of the lessons that you have learned, Dad, along the way, especially um, when you now moved from all, everywhere you have been, and now you have to start a church? What were some of the lessons that came with that? To start a church? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one, I think I had to pass the test that I went through concerning understanding people. Yeah. I, I, I wish every minister of the gospel can hear me. All right. For me, I went through God teaching me to understand the people that I'm going to preach the gospel to. Okay. I discovered very late that God has been actually teaching me to understand people. It's when I discovered that for 30 years, Jesus never preached the gospel, never healed anyone, never, never actually did nothing. But he understood people. He saw what people were going through. He saw what was happening in the lives of people until when Jesus was baptized. Mm. That's when the voice came from heaven. So he God had said, to learn. He had to know the people he was going he was going to minister to later. For, for me, Spongile and listeners is the key, especially to those who want to preach the gospel. Yeah. They have people must learn what people are going through. What is happening in the lives of people? What is what are they facing in their daily lives? Because you cannot bring an 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 solution to the people you don't know. Yeah. That's why the problem the church today we're failing to win the world because of one simple reason. The church of Jesus Christ is very, very good in prescribing, but the church cannot diagnose. Hmm. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Mm. The church is like the GPs. When you go to a general practitioner, they will ask you what is your problem. Mm. And when you tell them that you have a headache, they'll give you a tablet to deal with a hey, with a headache, but not with the source of the headache. Mm. They prescribe, mm. but they don't diagnose. That's why we've got the specialist people who know how to diagnose. 
after they've asked you questions, the next thing they take your blood, send it to the lab to be diagnosed to find what is the actually disease. Troubling you here. Yeah. Right. Then after diagnosis, then you can get a prescription. For me, Spongile, we can preach about people, but until I have to understand what makes this man to be a drunkard, what makes this woman to go to stay in Hebrew and sell his body, I will never bring a solution to the woman or a man. Sure. We are very good in, in prescribing, but we are failures when it comes to diagnosis. Sure, you remind me of when Jesus met the woman at the well, um, and he knew everything about her. <laughs> he knew everything I, I, about I, I, her. Bring more scriptures on that. Yeah. How Jesus was able to diagnose people before he solved their problems. Yeah. And so um, I was just trying to say, uh, I think for me, when I discovered people, that's where I had encounter with God in 1981. Okay. I just want to be honest with you. I remember it was uh, February the 24th okay. of 1981 mm. when I had encounter with God. And the encounter I had with God, it was when the Lord spoke to me concerning ministry. Yeah. Concerning my call. Mm. And I never understood it. That changed my life. But I never... Listen, this is the first thing, first time this thing happened to me. Hearing this audible voice from the Lord concerning my call. Mm. And I don't know who must I ask and find out what must I do. Mm. Ten years after that, mm. when I lost my firstborn son, sure. who disappeared till today, whether I don't know whether he's still alive or he's dead. Yeah. I went to the last mortuary looking for him. Mm. The second thing when I went to my car, after looking at all the bodies in the mortuary, when I step out, there was a voice that says to me, have you seen those people? I looked behind myself. I thought somebody is talking to me, mm. and there was no one. Mm. I went into my car. The voice came and said, go and love my people on my behalf. Many of them, they are in church. They are not loved. Mm. I'm going to be honest. It was like somebody paused me with very, very cold water. Because you're looking for your son who disappeared, and then a voice yep. says, go and, and love said, my people. Thank you. Then, after that, you know what happened to me? Mm -hmm. God gave me the message of love. Wow. Then I stopped preaching the messages that I was taught, because in our days, when we are preaching, because if you don't preach that gospel, they say you Then it's diluted. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to learn 
about the love of Jesus. I start preaching the message of the love of Jesus. All of my friends, they say, I am compromising the gospel. Yeah. Which I still do that today. That's why my best message back I can preach, whatever time you can wake me up, is understanding the love of God or understanding God as love or understanding and love as God. Sure. And also understanding the Holy Spirit. So didn't let, let let me let me let me ask that this question. But before I do that, let me greet Pastor Georgia. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us this morning. May God bless you, Murudi. Um, didn't you ask God about your son to say, "But I am looking for my son. He disappeared, and you're telling me to love." Let me be honest with you. I um, I have gone everywhere, every prison, every hospital everywhere looking for my son we fasted we prayed if i'm honest with you we came to a place where i say lord i'm just leaving everything in your hand okay. that is why if i'm going to be honest with you with all the challenges i've gone through in ministry when i wanted to give up there's this voice that says if you give up you may not see your son but if you yeah. hold on there will be the day when you see your son. Now, I'm holding on because God spoke to me about going to love my, my people when I was looking for my son, which means in ministry I'm standing on one side because of the call of God and also because of this, this, this thing in me hmm. that keeps on saying, each time you bury everybody's son, there's a question that's when are you going to bury your own? Hmm. Sure. I hope you understand. Yeah, yeah. Sure. There's, a, there's a call of God this side, there's a pain of my sight on the other side. Sure. Which I, I am like Paul, I am preaching the gospel with a thorn in my flesh. Hmm. I hear you loud and clear. And I believe the Lord is still saying even to you, that my grace is sufficient? Amen. Do you see that grace in your life? Would you say, yes, I have seen oh, that your oh, grace is oh. sufficient? Now, now, now you are touching something else. You are touching something else. You are touching something else. If I'm honest with you, I see the grace and the mercy of God in my life. Wow. In whatever I've done, whatever I've seen, I should there is not a, a five percent of myself that I can brag about. All I see is God's grace and it's God's mercy. When I say God's mercy, because I know many a times, many a times, there was temptation for me to be killed, temptation to die, but the mercy of God refused. Mercy said no. Sure, Dad. Let's take a break and then come back to talk to you some more. Um, I'm I'm just seeing that the Lord said, "Go and love my people," and in yes. turn, He loved you. In turn, as you continue to love His people, He loved you. Yes. <laughs> we are coming back. I'm talking to Apostle Inc. Toil. We are taking a journey with him. And we, uh, he is saying to us today, 
I have seen God walking with me and the lessons learned in ministry. Be doers of the word with 657 AM. Sounds of life. Do you need prayer? WhatsApp your name and your prayer request to 082-657-2729 and our care center will gladly contact you to pray for you. Do you read the Word for Today daily devotionals? We wish to ensure that your copy reaches you on time. You can now receive the booklet directly at an address of your choice or via email if you prefer. It's easy. Visit radiopulpit.co.za, select your choice and update your details. Or SMS the word DEVOTIONAL to 37871. You will receive a reply SMS with the options. Alternatively, contact client services on 012-334-1257. Standard rate supply. You're at 657 AM, Radio Caring, 24 hours a day. Amen. Tabelo Lififi Haven. He's a new artist, and thanks to Bongani uh, pointing me to this direction. It's exactly what we are talking about with Apostle I.N.C. Tole. And as though the Lord knew. But yeah, the Lord knew. <laughs> the Lord is so good. Beautiful sounds on Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. 6, 5, 7 a.m. This is where you're at. Just for you is the name of the show. I'm Spongilemufukin with you up until 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, I'll be saying goodbye to you. And Germany, Yanni Balso will take you through with Perspective. Sure, Dad, as you're listening to the song, you're like, that, that I'm like, I mean, I got tears on my eyes because it goes with what you were saying. And I'm like, Lord, you are so good. <laughs> Lord, you are so good. And I'm wondering into here. I wonder how dead, if dead is listening on the other side, how does he feel about the song? But now let's, let's sum up the lessons that you have learned along your journey. I know it's a very long one. But as as we were talking to those who are starting out, and I know that we're still going to have journeys with you, taking uh, journeys with you, testimonies with you, learning from you, uh, growing from where the Lord has brought you as well. Um, wh- what what would you say? I have learned the most important lesson: love God's people, know them, um, f- know who they are, know their background. Don't just assume that a person is the way they are and they've been like that and they want to be like that. Find out what makes them to be diagnosed. Go beyond, you know, go go as a move to not just prescribe but diagnose. And what other lesson as we are wrapping up? Well, um, it's one the Bible says, I think it's uh, in the Old Testament, there is no curse without a cause. A cause. Number two, New Testament principles say, whatever man soweth he shall reap. Hmm. So we must understand that everything has consequences. God has placed before us life and death, blessing and cursing, and he says we must must make our choice. Hmm. Whatever choice and decision a person makes, there are consequences for that. Now, as I've mentioned, that I've learned a, a lot of lost lessons when I believe God has been shaping me. God has been really molding me. But also, I want to be honest with you. I have a lot of, of mistakes that I've made. Hmm. Hmm. I have times where I have disappointed the Lord. I will never act as a superman. 
I have a lot of things that I have learned in my mistakes. I have gone through mistakes yeah. and I've got challenges. But all I say, as I've mentioned to you, I saw God's grace and mercy over my life. Mm. So, what, what I, I would really say to people who are in ministry, ministry is not what people are focusing on. Because I have discovered that most people today, who, even those who are not called, who call themselves, even those who are, who are, who are changing uh, uh, titles as if titles make people. But I've discovered that titles, they can create a lot of problems in your life as a person because we, we think that titles, it's, it's what uh, it's what makes people to follow us. Hmm. And I've discovered many people have lost God because of their titles. They have lost sure. their calling because of their titles. Yeah. I, 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 I shrink most of the time. I, I, I've made a vow before God that I'm not a man who just ordained people. Hmm. I don't just ordain people. Hmm. If I ordain, I am serious about that ordination. But I don't just ordain people for the sake of ordaining or to keep people in my church for positions, in their positions. Hmm. So I, I've learned a lot of things. I've learned that we need to be very, very careful when we look at other people and see what they have achieved and we envy what they have achieved without understanding the, stripes, the stripes they went through mm. before they, they achieved certain things. Mm. Sure. The, I, I believe every man must have some stripes behind his back for him to become a blessing to God and the people. Yeah. There is a price to be paid. Yeah, there, there, is, a, there is a price to be paid. Mm. Also, maybe if I can add something. I, I know most people, they think that uh, they think that when people come to church, they come to church because you pray too much and you fast too much. No, there is more into it. Hmm. Ministry is not only prayer and fasting. Hmm. Ministry, there's a lot of things that you need to focus on. You need to focus on the order of you bring in the ministry. You need to bring excellency in the in ministry. You need to make sure that people understand your vision in ministry. You need to give people the values of your ministries. There's a lot of things that you need to to, to bring so that when people come in, they know who are they following and where are they going. Mm-hmm. So you must understand the issue of preaching the gospel is not only going to heaven or hell. I say this is this is my personal conviction. Hell and heaven, it's uh, uh, individual choices. Hmm. Now, Any, yes, 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 Ted. Anyone who will go to hell. It's because of his choice, not God's choice. Because if, if, even if you check the Bible, there is no way scripture that said God created hell. Hmm. The hell that I know, that was created only for one person, the devil and his angels, but not for a human being. The God that loves people, he cannot. That's why he says, 
we must preach the gospel for no one must go to hell. Sure. Everybody must be saved. According to God, he cannot send his image to mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. unless a person makes his own choice. Yeah, the choice is yours. Choose right. I give you, (laughs) I present to you both, but choose right. Choose right. Thank you so much for talking to us today. But I understand that on the 24th, there's something happening. On the 24th, I have, this year is 48 years, me in in ministry. Mm. It's about 35 years or over with our of life. Wow. So I have a son that I've discovered he loves the Lord. Hmm. He, he is, he says, that to God and ministry. He understands, he knows he grew in ministry. He, he was born in this ministry. He grew up in the ministry. He saw all my pain. He saw everything. He knows everything. And now, because I think I cannot, I feel that I, 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 I cannot be able to be very, to be more effective to the 21st century church. I'm talking about his peers. I'm talking about the young people of today. I don't want to be an irrelevant minister to them as much as I can be able to give them principles. But I need someone who's going to be relevant Mm-hmm. To them, to them. I mean, <laughs> I've never, I've never wear a suit, a suit with tickets. I will never. I have never climbed the pulpit with tickets preaching on Sunday. <laughs> You're not coming from that generation. That's our generation. <laughs> I, I, I can see that there are certain things that I don't see. That's why on the 24th, I am actually we are going to. I'm going to release. He's an ordained pastor. I'm going to release him to take over the church. Wow, you're handing over the baton. I'm, I'm handing over the baton to him so that I can be able to mentor him effectively when I am still alive. I can be able to 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 to, to you know to be able to father him when I'm still alive because it's not everybody who have that uh, blessing to mentor his son in the Lord uh, while they're still alive. Many of us, we do that when we are in the grave. They try most of our son, they end up moving, moving. It's conquering. Yes. Wow. So it's time for you to hand over the baton on the 24th of February. And for further information, uh, if people would like to find out more, I assume they should be calling the church, right? Yes. Okay. And the number is 011-426-2997. Dad, thank you so much. No, no. Uh, yes. Well, yes, sir. Zero. Say that. Zero one one four two four. Uh huh. Seven one six four. All right. Seven one six four. Zero one one four two four. Seven one six four.
All right. I see there. there's a change there of numbers. So I'll just give you the right numbers now when I say goodbye. Um, we, we can't wait to learn. I can't wait to learn about the importance of even um, um, equipping the sons, uh, preparing them for taking over. Because when you hand over the baton, they need to be prepared. How do you go about doing that? I remember that in 2020 and 2019 and 2021, we have lost a lot of our leaders in churches who never prepared sons to take over, who never handed, even had an opportunity of handing over the baton. But now you, you are saying, I want to do it whilst I'm still alive. I've already started it and I'm handing over. So thank you so much. So that our sons, they don't remove the landmark. Yeah. You see, if, if the, our sons don't understand the landmark of, 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 of the family or of the ministry, it's easy to, to move what makes the church to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty then. Thank you so much, Dad. We'll be talking to you again, learning more lessons. May God keep keeping you. Awesome always to talk to you and have you uh, on Radio Pulpit. Thank you very much for the opportunity and thank you to your, to your listeners just to give us a, a hearing so that we can build each other. Have a blessed one. Bless you. Thank you. And yes, family, if you are setting out in ministry, this is for you lessons that we need to learn. Um, hopefully we'll be learning some lessons as we go. Um, as, as, as he's saying, I am handing over the baton. How do you all do all that? The importance of handing over the baton. So yeah, uh, we would learn more as we go. But I am so delighted that God today says uh, we need to diagnose. We need to know our people. We shouldn't just prescribe without knowing who are we dealing with, why they are the way they are, what led them to become who they are. So grow God's love. Love like Jesus' love. And the numbers again at Oasis of Life now, 011-424-7164. I'm now going to be connecting to Angela, and uh, she's now going to also be talking to those who have made it through, either in tertiary, either in high school, but you're not quite sure where to go. You're not quite sure what to do. There are many opportunities out there. She's also going to share her journey with us. We are here 24 hours a day with the message of hope, faith, and love on 657 AM. Do you need prayer? WhatsApp your name and your prayer request to 082-657-2729 and our care center will gladly contact you to pray for you. Tune in to Radio Pulpits on 657 AM for reliable Christian talk radio at its best. Find your daily dose of Christ-centered motivation and encouragement on Radio Pulpit 657. Download our app now. Tune in to radiopulpit.co.za or find us on DSTV Audio 882 and OpenView 607. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion for more than 40 years, brings a relevant moral alternative to 400,000 listeners in a variety of South African languages. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and download our podcasts today. You and 657 AM and Life.
a winning team on the road to eternity.